0: Street champs, come get put on. Today I'm just having a casual smoke sesh with my boy Elijah from Elijah's Cannabis Corner. How you doing today, bro?
1: Good, man. How you doing? Pretty Th- good. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. Hell yeah, bro. I appreciate you coming. You know,
0: Oh yeah. So uh, tell the people a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, yeah, my name's Elijah Land. Uh, I've worked in the legal cannabis industry for the past five years here in Colorado. Probably got around 20 years of cannabis experience in general, just growing, um, extracting, anything really involving it. But the last few years, I've just been mainly the manager over at Nature's Gift Shop here in Pueblo West. Hell
0: yeah. Um, How old are you?
1: Uh, 34. 34?
0: Dang. So, um, did you grow up here in Pueblo?
1: No, I'm actually from a small town in Indiana, Spencer, Indiana. I moved out here like seven years ago to put distance between me and an ex and find some different opportunities and it's worked out pretty well.
0: It's always an ex bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was uh, definitely the good motivation to move out here and it's been great. Like I'm happy for every choice I've made on the way out here. It's been life changing. You know, I'm living the dream. I guess you could say working in a dispensary, selling rec- recreational cannabis, helping a ton of people along the way. I've learned so much just about the plant. I thought I knew a lot about it before I moved out here, but you know, working with labs, big companies, doing the research and development, you see a lot of what's going on behind the scenes in the industry, and it's been pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, so um, <clears throat> I know you got a lot to get off your chest, but let's just start from the beginning. You know, um, is weed legal in? Uh, you said Indiana?
1: Uh, no, cannabis is not legal in Indiana. Um, I definitely picked up a couple of charges when I was out there. That was another things that moved me out here because I didn't want to be a criminal you know in indiana i was labeled a criminal i mean even now i don't even want to go back and visit my family or anyone out there like they come out here and see me but i just don't want to go back i've been here so long and everything i do is involved with cannabis i mean my career you know i went from an entry level employee to running i'd say the highest rated dispensary in pueblo west we are the highest rated dispensary and that was a big jump you know it feels great it's a bold it's a bold claim look it up for sure <laughs> I mean, I guarantee you, look it up right now. We got the highest ratings in Pueblo West, the best reviews. It's because we care about quality, customer service, and uh, our customers. You know, we're always going to be there for you. We're not going to turn you away. Like, we're not the dispensary that's just going to pretend to give you medical advice. That's something that irritates me a lot of places. You go in there and like, oh, this is going to do this and that. We actually teamed up with registered nurses. Lee 411 you can call for free. You get real medical advice from a uh, licensed nurse. Not just your stone bud tender trying to tell you CBD is going to fix everything. So that's something like we're just big on doing it right. Like everything in my store is no synthetics, no salts, no pesticides. All of our concentrates, like the owners hand select the grams that we get in. So we do get them in from grows that I would approve. I mean, a lot goes into sourcing clean cannabis because there's a ton of... I don't want to jump too much, but you know... (laughs) There's a ton of lazy growers out there, just like cooks, farmers, any, any industry you're going to be in, there's going to be people that cut corners. Mm -hmm. But I feel in the cannabis industry, especially a lot of deep pocket people that didn't give a damn about you or me or anyone else came in, wanted to grow a bunch of weed, make a gummy, make this and just make money. You know, that's my biggest problem with the industry. And I'm not trying to like go all over the place, but, uh just lazy growers, lazy people that don't care about the plant. And that's ultimately what's going to kill this industry is people that don't care. We're going to, big cannabis is going to be in here soon. Like they're already buying up all the dispensaries in the state. I mean, there's a few that I know about like 20 dispensaries in the last year or so. There's another one buying up a bunch of dispensaries in Pueblo West and Pueblo right now. What are they? Who are they? Uh, Cure Leaf. They're the big ones right now. They own dispensaries all over the country. Like they're monsters. And they're just buying people up left and right. And once that happens, the quality goes down because they just start sourcing from their big corporate grows that will spray pesticides. They'll cut corners. They'll cheat test. I mean, I don't care what anyone says. There's a lot of dirty weed out there and it gets by. You'll see a recall every couple months where something gets randomly tested in a store and it gets pulled back. But a lot of these big companies growing, you know, Hundred, 200 pound 400 pound harvest per strain or whatever there's going to be things that get through and in period if you're spraying weed my personal opinion there's a lot of good growers that spray pesticides and do whatever they want they have their methods but if you can't grow good clean weed without spraying something on it go do something else because I don't want to smoke poison cannabis is a detoxifier it pulls toxins from the surrounding areas so like if you plant it in an area that's got a lot of uh like radiation or different poisons in that area, cannabis is going to pull it up. It'll be in the plant. That's why they're testing for heavy metals in cannabis now because it'll pull stuff from the soil that you don't want to smoke. But people are voluntarily spraying poison on their plants just to protect a profit. When they could be doing better strain selection because a lot of people want to grow these fancy cookie strains and runts, all these different names, but they're not strong genetics. Like they're... Gonna get sick quicker than another certain strain. A lot of breeders will do a lot of strain selection and breeding to find like plants that are good against keeping bugs away or powdery mildew or things of that nature. You know, a healthy human can fight off pest, bugs, disease. Same with a healthy plant. If you're cutting corners just to grow fancy cookie strains that look frosty and have high THC numbers your plants are going to get sicker quicker. From my experience, I'm not an expert on all this shit. Like, there's a lot of good growers. It's just my opinion.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, damn, you kind of just fucking gave me a lot to work with there. So, um, I honestly didn't even know that marijuana is a detoxifier. So, like, you know, like that radiation spill in Japan or whatever, that just happened, like, they should plant a bunch of... A bunch of weed there.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, they planted it in Chernobyl. So yeah, I. I didn't know that really. Yeah, dude, look at. I mean, it's a. It. it that's why I don't like um, a lot of hemp products too that are grown overseas or in places with high pollutants, because a lot of CBD is produced. If you don't know where it's coming from, like gas station CBD, most likely it's produced overseas. They grow that CBD, they extract it. It does get down to an isolated form, but. There's still going to be something, a residual left on there, in my opinion. I mean, I just don't trust things that are grown in that type of environment, mm-hmm. especially when I know the plant pulls it from it. You know, it's gonna to pull toxins from the area. So why would I support a CBD company that's growing all their product in a polluted area mm-hmm. or spraying pollutants on it?
0: Yeah. Damn. So, um. All right. So when it comes to when it comes to like the the corners being cut and shit and like big. Big, what did you call it, big marijuana?
1: Yeah, big cannabis, big, big marijuana. That's like a,
0: what do they say, big pharma? Yeah, big, big
1: pharma, yeah. Yeah. And when Pfizer's buying into the cannabis industry right now, they just bought into some company, so they're going to be in it. I don't want that shit in my mm. weed. Yeah, they just made the uh, COVID
0: vaccine, didn't they? Yeah,
1: no, they're one of the first, them and Moderna, but Pfizer, yeah, literally just got into the cannabis industry. Holy shit. Yeah, so be careful on in the big states? weed you're smoking. You might be getting like vaccine without knowing it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm smoking that Pfizer pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: got that Pfizer, bro. <laughs> Damn, but what states are they in? You
1: know? um, I'm not sure exactly what brand that is Yeah, I just saw an article pop up and just kind of moved on from it because fuck them. Yeah. You know, they're probably going to be in here. They'll be... I don't know. We already got monsters in the state. You know, there's, like I said earlier, there's companies that own 20 or 30 plus dispensaries themselves and they came in and bought them the last couple years and they're going to be running the game. They're going to run the market um, what I see is a lot of these places come in and they lower their prices so cheap that like small guys like us can't compete. So like, I know they're buying their gummies, let's say, you know, eight bucks a unit. They're selling them at 12 out the door. That's literally the taxes. So they're not making any money off that shit. They're doing it just to steal my customers is what I'm looking at. Cause over time you're not, you can't just keep throwing money away. And that's what I feel like they're doing. Cause so I know what they pay for the shit. I talk to the same reps. I can order the same amounts. But I can't sell it at that loss. You know, that's something I see big cannabis doing, like with any other industry. You know, the big guys come in and squash the mama pop shops. Then you lose the ability to get the quality you really deserve. Because I put a lot of effort into sourcing my flower. I go tour every facility. Whenever I buy weed, I have to meet the owner, the grower. I go to the grow. I look on the grow shelf and their pesticides, see what they spray, if they spray, if they're telling me the truth. Like, I build relationships with these people. The best grow I have found in this state right now, and I've been sourcing five years, I guarantee no one that listens to this knows about them, Mm. unless you've been at my store. Colorado Fire Farms. No synthetic, no salt, no pesticide, owner-operated. Like, hands down, the best weed in the state. I would put it up up against anybody. So if anyone thinks they got better weed, come meet me at the store. I'll show you. We'll smoke and we'll see what's up. If you got better weed, I'll agree, but... I don't think it's gonna happen. Colorado Fire Farms, you said. Colorado Fire Farms, yeah. Go check them out on Instagram. Uh, They're small. They don't do a lot on there, but they grow fire. That's what they do. Like best weed in the state, hands down. Down.
0: Yeah, I I honestly have never. I've never been so particular about my weed that I was looking for. No salt. What's there? What's no Uh, salt? No
1: no synthetics. That means no bottle nutrients. No plant steroids. No corner cutting. Because you can you can feed a plant and, like, force it to grow fast and big, pretty buds and this and that. Like, when I see people do that, you you can the buds will look great, but there's no meat to it. So I smoke that shit, and I'm just like, there's nothing to it. Like, I got to go smoke another one or it burns too light, too quick. Because a lot of these places that are growing it like that, they fast cure it. So whenever you buy weed, you can look. There's a harvest date on it. And with a lot of these big companies, that harvest date is, like, two or three weeks, you know, you got to cure weed like two months, in my opinion. Anyone that grows weed knows about weed. I guarantee, agrees with me. You got to cure that weed to get those terpenes to develop, the cannabinoids, everything. Just the whole aspect of that plant to get to full maturity. It doesn't stop once you harvest the plant. And these people are just so worried about a profit, they rush it out. And I've heard from multiple people that like come to Colorado every year, get weed, and this is their spot. They're telling me they don't trust our weed anymore because they're finding all this bullshit. The package is getting pretty the packaging is getting prettier. Fancy Mylar bags, cool logos, this and that, but the weed inside is terrible. Cuz they don't give a shit anymore, man. They're just pumping it for numbers. Like my buddy that grows with his, he cooked Colorado Fire Farms his soil is like pre-cooked a year in advance. So he's amending his soil, building it up his own recipe. He's been working on it for a long time, you know. You can tell the work he put into it. Cooks that soil. I mean, literally just Let's all the microbes break down do what it needs to do plants in it add some compost teas waters it and that's it he's not mixing nutrients every day and trying to cheat the system and give it steroids and make it grow faster make it look prettier doesn't need to it takes a little longer to grow his weed but it's better Mm -hmm. it's worth it we have legal weed why are we smoking bullshit
0: wow you know you know um i kind of see what you're saying there the that's a really powerful point you made like the bags are getting prettier but the product is getting is getting worse yeah you know i i think you're kind of um, you were kind of likening that to every other industry that happens everywhere yeah you know it, it'll look pretty to the eye but once you get it home like ikea that's basically ikea
1: yeah no it's what we're getting to and it just hurts me to see the industry go that way because like running a small mom and pop shop We've always been deli-style, we'll weigh the weed out in front of you. We teach you about the terpenes, the cannabinoids, the plant profiles. We explain to what makes us different. And some people, it just blows their mind. They've been shopping for you know years and never heard anyone explain it this way. They've never heard anyone, like, if I have a shitty product in my store, if something got by, like, this is shit. You know, if you want to buy it, I'll give it to you at cost. Like, I don't want this in my store anymore because it's garbage. Because some things do make it by, like some cartridge brands, We'll send you a good sample. They'll be good for one or two. Then I have a customer tell me something about it not being right. I'll try it out. Garbage. Get rid of the brand. Like, I don't want to support people that don't care about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm going all over the place, bro. No, yeah. I mean,
0: (laughs) those cart brands, like, name some of them out, bro. It's fucking, I want to hear names. I want Uh, to hear companies.
1: um, I'll tell you the ones I care about, the ones you should try. I'm not really trying to bash anybody, but I will say all hydrocarbon extract extracted carts that means butane propane distillates ethanols any of those they can sweep the floor take all the trash extract it and make that cartridge it'll still be purified they'll clean it it'll be nice they'll add back in their food grade terps or botanical drive terps
0: we could move this too good night, good night.
1: yeah thanks bro yeah um but they'll um they can use terrible starting material to make those cartridges. So I'm not a big fan of anyone that has butane distillate cartridges. I won't smoke them myself. I won't give them to my mom. The new carts, and I think what's taken over the industry this year, is rosin, ice, water, heat, and pressure. No butane, no propane, no CO2. Those carts are clean. You have to start with the clean material. It has to be fresh, frozen material to make those carts work. The brand I mess with a lot at our store is they're great friends of mine. I love these guys. Infinite Melts, they um, <clears throat> shout out them. Yeah, check them out. Infinite Melts, Tri Tricomb Sauce on Instagram. Uh, Chef Sean Wilder, uh, Cannabis Dreamer. I'm trying to think, there's a whole crew, man. They're all great. Those are all good people. But uh, Trike Sauce, he makes the uh, the rosin. He's the artist. I mean, that dude is a true artist. He's humble as hell. He'll probably be embarrassed. I even brought him up, you know, but. <laughs> That dude's the, sh- the shit. He knows what he's doing. But uh, he makes those carts, and they're just so clean, man. Like, that's all I'm going to smoke if I buy a cartridge. I get samples of these hydrocarbon ones. I'll try them out, but I usually give them away. It's like, after I've sampled it and see if it's good or bad or how it works, you know, for the store, I'm just going to give that shit away because I'm not smoking on that all day. Mm-hmm. And my goal is, by the end of this year, is to have none of that in my store, have solventless across the whole store. That's a big push. I'm still, like, I got a lot of lot of things to move around to make that work but
0: yeah when but when it comes to price point for solventless how much is the lowest you can get down for a person out the door
1: um for a solventless cart the lowest I can do without any discounts like just regular price would probably be 56 out the door but we are working on another line of solventless carts I'm trying to get them to use like sun-grown flower it's got to be from a good greenhouse or a good outdoor grow you harvest it early like the rosin I showed you you know That'll make fire cards. Fire. (laughs) So uh, we're just trying to find a way to make a cheaper rosin brand. And that's or not brand, but product line. Mm -hmm. So we're working on that right now. But um, the price is always going to be different. You know, you're paying for the quality. Like, just like when you go to a liquor store, you could buy bottom shelf liquor, top shelf liquor. You know, you know, there's going to be a difference in taste and a difference in input material and the quality checks that go into it. So... It's worth it to buy the rosin.
0: Yeah, I'm, t- I'm typically fucking far, um, fireball or white claw, bro. You know, you a big drinker?
1: Uh, No, not a drinker at all. No? No, I can't even remember the last time I've had a drink, man. I just smoke weed. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's just, I don't know, much easier on me, man. I can socialize and go out and get high with just weed. And now that it's, you know, it's legal shit out here. I can go out anywhere. I can eat my gummies when I go somewhere and be high. So I don't need to be drunk. I feel much better the next day. Mm -hmm. But teach their own.
0: (laughs) For sure. You know, and uh, what about Indiana? Do most people drink there? Or are people smoking under the table?
1: Oh, there's a lot of smoking, a lot of drinking, a lot of meth. I mean, just like everywhere, there's a lot of problems. But I was from uh, like a small town, Spencer, but we had a college town, Bloomington next to us. So there was a lot of weed. You know, I was a delivery driver there for I don't know, like five, six years on the college. And yeah, there was a lot of a lot of weed going around that town. It was pretty nice.
0: Like a what kind of delivery driver?
1: Oh, pizza. Oh hell yeah. Yeah, dude, it was fun. It was one of my favorite gigs. I mean I used to drive around Smoke Blunt, sell weed, um, show up at like different fraternity sorority parties, just it was mm-hmm. lit, dude. Like it was a fun little time back then. Made a good little you know, good little pocket. <laughs>
0: Fuck yeah. What's like the craziest thing you walked in on as a pizza delivery driver?
1: Uh, I mean, it's usually involved with people just trying to get me to drink or like girls just trying to show their tits for pizza. It was wild, dude. Like I'd pull up to the sororities and the girls just run up to my car and like try to flash me for a fucking pizza. I'm like, cool, but no, like I need to make this order. <laughs> I'm trying to make this money right now.
0: You wouldn't just carry extra pizzas?
1: No, unlike some of our busy weekends, we'd carry pizzas to sling. Yeah, I mean there'd be times, but for the most part, shit, I got an order to drop. You know, gotta do my job
0: for sure. <laughs> Dude, I I would just use your employee discount. Yeah, get ten extra pizzas. Man. Yeah. I, I'm I'm just a businessman. I think. No, no, you <laughs> gotta make that money.
1: I used to make a ton of money doing that in like. Uh, Maybe there had been a few times where I was, uh, people need a ride home from, like, they would be there at the store and be like, I need a ride. They couldn't get a cab, so fuck, i get 20, 30 bucks just to take them to their dorm. Mm-hmm. Like, super simple. That's, wasn't illegal.
0: Oh, yeah, Allegedly.
1: <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, that didn't happen. No, no. Shit, I had a delivery driver one time. He, uh, got in his car and a girl jumped in his car. And started blowing him for a ride home just right there. Like, he's like, I didn't even have time scared. to say anything about it. It's like, she just jumped in and grabbed me. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm taking you over here. I was like, what
0: the fuck, Jeff? You know, like, I feel like
1: the old me would have been like, yeah. But the new me's like. Get the fuck off. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah, no. you never know. No, you never fucking know. And I know I, it did fuck with him, too, because he came back. I could see his face. He was like, I don't know about that, man. That was weird. I was like, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> dang he just got raped as a pizza delivery driver bro it was a rough it was a rough job bro wow this is one of the world's dangerous jobs for that reason and everyone trying to pull guns on you and shit but that ever happened to you never really had someone joke about it one time in this real shitty area i was walking up to the door and they're like hey you're about to get robbed and i was like yeah cool i got 12 bucks on me like what the fuck i never carry money on me like i'm not an idiot yeah so i mean no one robbed me um we had a few drivers had an incident we had Right towards the end of my delivery uh, time, there was a driver that got actually murdered in the parking lot. He was going to, just got in his, got back from a delivery, fucking um, saw someone getting in someone's car and he was just like, hey, fucking yelled at him. The dude shot him, took off running. And I had never seen a group of fucking workers, man. These delivery drivers in that town, like, put together so much shit for that guy, man. Like... Everyone, I feel like donated their tips for like two weeks and all the like pizza places that worked around there, like everyone came together as a family, all these benefits went down. They got that dude like the next day. Uh, But yeah, it was wild, dude. Delivering pizzas isn't fucking easy. Like it's it's a easy job, but like it is dangerous. Like you're putting yourself in situations where you're going to people's houses like they know you're going to be there. There's a lot of fucking weirdos out there, bro. For sure, Stay yeah. Stay strapped or get clapped, you know? Facts,
0: bro. <laughs> I definitely... I did a stint of delivering pizzas in college, bro. Yeah. I didn't see any tits or I didn't get robbed. Like, honestly, I fucking hated it. They just had me washing dishes, bro. I felt, And delivering... Delivering and washing.
1: Yeah. I fucking hated it. Dude, Uh, I had this one story. Happens the worst thing that ever happened to me because I didn't act on it. But uh, I was in, like, a real serious relationship, right? R.I.P. Like, super serious. And uh, I delivered this pizza to this hotel... And like four girls hopped out. I ain't even going to explain what happened, but they were trying so hard. But I was like, no, nah, I'm fucking committed. And I walked away. That night, my girl was cheating on me, too. Wow. Yeah. So like I fucking walked away from something that. That was God. It was God. He was like, here, I'm throwing you a bone. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to go home. Be be loyal. Dumb as fuck. Yeah.
0: God was like, bro.
1: Yeah. So that was towards the end of my delivery time. I was like, this isn't for me. I can't fucking handle this anymore. How old were you when you moved to Colorado? Uh, 20... What am I? 30... 27, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. About seven years.
0: Did you graduate high school?
1: Yeah. Well, I got a GED. I fucking... Uh, I went to work right... up Like, real early. A lot of different things going on. So, I got a full-time job. Fucking took care of that. Like, I've been raising my nephew since I was, like, 14. Oh, really? Yeah, my sister's still in the picture, but he's always been there at my house. I've always taken care of him. So, like, I don't know. I had a lot of responsibility as a young person. So took care of him, and then there's the other nephew and niece. I kind of watch out for her. She's got those, but uh, I don't know. I've always had a lot of responsibility, like kind of the uh, designated rock of the family at an early age. So, like, I took care of kids, mom, dad, nephew. Like, right now i got my mom and dad that moved in with me, like... Four years ago they sold their house in indiana they got sick and like i just couldn't leave them out there so i moved in with me nephew moved in with me fuck my niece is gonna move in with me i think this next week i'm running out of rooms in the house i'm about to get a van leave outside or some shit but uh you gotta take care of your family for sure so yeah like uh going back to school like i don't know i, I got a gd got a job started hustling i just always worked like i've always been that kid that worked 40 to 60 to 70, 80 hours a week. Like no joke. Like if I wasn't working one job, I had two jobs hustling on the side. I mean, you got to make money. So always made money.
0: Wow. How old was your nephew when you got, um, when you started taking care of him when you were 14?
1: Um, he was probably two or three. You know what I mean? Like it was a family effort. Like my mom and everyone was there too, but like, I've always been the provider for him, I guess the role model, the the bad guy, I guess. <laughs> the one that's got to put him in check. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I was young, 13, 14 years old. Uh He was, yeah, probably three, four. Yeah, he's a real prick. No, I'm sure I love him. He's a good <laughs> kid, man. He turned 21 this last year, so it's cool. I got to watch him. He graduated during uh COVID, 2020. Over here on the, what, Pueblo East? That's yeah, where. Eagles. Eagles, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: Congratulations.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. It was good. Uh, he had a,
0: not to you, to your nephew. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, man. It's fu- <laughs>
1: he worked his ass off for it, bro. Like he really did, man. Uh, he had a hard time in school, like a lot of transitions, a lot of this and that. And, uh, he fucking killed it, man. I'm so proud of him. He uh, just yeah. needs to get a job now. <laughs>
0: for sure. But you know, it sounds like you have a, you have a lot on your, you have a lot on your mind, bro. Yeah.
1: Like, I mean, all that. you gotta keep your mind busy, I guess. Uh, I take on a lot. That's my biggest, uh, Biggest downfall, I guess you could say. I feel like I can shoulder everything, so I do. no, I was gonna say, but what are you gonna do? <laughs> For
0: sure. Do you feel like um, like smoking helps you deal with like these all these things in your life? You're just like, dang, you know, I would just smoke a joint about
1: it. Fuck yeah, um, no, smoking helps me a lot. I mean, because I am stressed out a lot. Is a lot of uh, stress I put on my own plate, but I handle shit real well, like I'm real grout, real proud of uh my mental stability. It's something I'm blessed with, you know because a lot of people a lot of stress eats up at them and fucking I can see it tear them apart, even just a little bit of stress. so I am I do think cannabis has played a huge role in the way I handle things because I have an observer outlook on things. I can sit back, even watch myself and see what I'm doing to kind of get a better feel for it and see the bigger picture. So, yeah, uh, if it wasn't for cannabis, I don't know how I'd put up with this shit right now.
0: For sure. So for the people that are going to say, like, this guy's addicted, do you feel like you need it?
1: No. uh, No, I don't need anything. That's the one thing a lot of people got to realize. You don't need shit. A lot of people want it. I want to smoke weed because it helps me relax at night or it helps me get up in the morning. But, fuck, I can quit... I've done it. You know, I've had tolerance breaks or like had choices where I had to quit smoking. Uh, like in Indiana, before I left, I got a cannabis charge. I was at the lake swimming, tripping on some mushrooms, having like a grand old time. Didn't do anything wrong, right? Perfect day. A uh, friend came down there, handed me a pipe. I hit it. Cops came around the corner. Felt super s- suspicious. But either like way.
0: He, like he set you up?
1: No, I don't think they set me up. I just think they were real fucking stupid. She's um, <laughs> She's great. Not talking shit, Holly, if you hear this, but I feel like you were real dumb on that one. Uh, fucking handed me the pipe and like I was tripping balls. I mean I ate like a quarter to half ounce of mushrooms that day. I did drink a beer. That was the one <laughs> probably the last one I had. But anyways, I got got arrested, I had to go through all that, it cost me like three grand and court fees and probation and this and that. But when I had to go to their IOP classes, you know, you had to say you was addicted, give up to a higher power. I fucking refused all that. I was like, I went to the class. I told her, I was like, I'm not going to smoke weed anymore because you guys don't want me to. And you say it's bad. After this, I'm moving to Colorado and I'm going to get a job and live out there. And she was cool. She's like, yeah, go do that. But she drug tested me all the time when I was there and I passed every one of them. She'd always tell me part of it was you had to submit to a higher power. Nope. I fucking quit weed on my own. I can stop anything I want to do. If I want to stop drinking sodas, water, it's my choice. Fuck man, you gotta be control your mind. Don't let anything else control you. You can fucking quit whatever you want. People get want and need fucked up all the time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Long winded answer, bro.
0: (laughs) No, for sure. But um, you know, there's gonna be people like in states like Indiana that are gonna be like, these fucking these potheads are basically meth addicts. You know, they're gonna. It's gonna be really different to hear someone talk about they're not addicted to marijuana. Yeah. It just helps them.
1: Yeah. I mean, it helps just like a lot of people take fucking any type of uh drug, you know, Advil drinking wine, whatever, you know, it's just a way to relax. Like I love cannabis medicinally and recreation recreationally, you know, I smoke it for medical purpose and to get high. Like I got a bad back two deteriorating disc in my lower back, degenerative arthritis, a double hernia. Like I fucked my shit up the last few years. Like, I'm in pain, but I don't take any pills. I go to the doctor. If I go to the dentist, anytime, dude, I do not accept any pain pills whatsoever. Fucking never. I can't say never have, but in the last 20 years, never accepted a pain pill. Fucking weed only. Um, I don't need it. You know, pills fuck me up. If I eat, like, one Lord tab, like, when I was younger and I'd eat them, I'd get sick. Like, I'd break out in fucking hives on my back what, and shit. A what tab? Uh, Like, a Laura tab, Vicodin, pain pill, whatever. That's what they were called and I was... Lord? Laura tab. Laura.
0: I know I never fucking yeah. heard that. Good,
1: man. That means you're a good kid, man, because you don't want to fuck with pills. They're stupid, dude. People fuck their whole lives up on that shit, dude. Oh, damn. It's a gate... Like, when I was in school, uh, a lot of kids were getting into pills hardcore, and, like, I saw a lot of kids go into pills, heroin, meth, all that other shit. I've always smoked weed. Like, that's been my fucking thing. I've seen my, I mean, I've done mushrooms, acid, hallucinogenics when I was younger. I've got to experiment, I guess, but uh, I've never been a daily user of anything but cannabis. And I do use a lot. If you hung around me, you'd probably say this dude's fucking addicted to weed. He smokes it all day long.
0: No, your joint has been burning for 30 minutes. Yeah,
1: these usually burn for like an hour or two. That's uh, fire. Yeah, it's a log of rosin down the middle of my, uh, my homegrown prana shout out to gauge green genetics uh for that fire ass genetic for sure prana
0: hell yeah yeah could i check out that flower one more time
1: yeah yeah for the camera yeah dude that shit looks so fire and that's just some outdoor that was a a plant that did like i'd say four to five pounds one outdoor plant this year could i roll one up of it? it's fuck yeah dude hell yeah here you want to hit this Sure. I didn't mean to just hold it over here. but No, I mean, I
0: got these honest blunts over here, but, man, you got everything's better than mine.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't say that, man. Uh, I just like good weed, and I was blessed this year with my harvest. I mean, fucking blessed. Did you want the rosin? No. Sorry. No, oh, you're good. You were blessed with your harvest this year? Yeah, real blessed. Um, like, I in Colorado, I can put 12 plants outside. Fremont County lets me do that. I have it enclosed in a nice little fence, which blew down yesterday during those windstorms. Damn, shout out Colorado. Yeah, yeah. But no, 12 plants. Fuck, I ended up with a pound of rosin and 10 pounds of flour. Empty Veritas? Fuck Veritas. Why? When I was saying like synthetic weed, where there's no meat to it, I don't feel like Veritas. I'm not... Sorry, Veritas, I am talking shit. Uh, I just feel like there's no meat to your weed. Every time I smoke it, I fucking get a headache because you use those goddamn synthetics and all of it, man. Uh, Same with Cookies Colorado. I would fuck with Cookies in California, but I would not smoke one gram of Cookies weed in Colorado. You couldn't fucking pay me to do it. Fuck. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Does that scare you, saying things about big companies like that?
1: Not at all. Hmm. No, man, fuck that. I've... (sighs) Yeah, um, I've already turned down a fucking partnership with Cookies fucking on the East Coast. Damn, this is sticky. Yeah. I had someone complain about it. I gave something to a buddy of mine the other day. He's like, man, this sweet's too sticky. I was like, that means it's not dried up like all the other fucking weed out here. I keep my shit in a jar. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's sticky fucking... I couldn't even break it up with my finger.
1: No, you'll end up with, like, hash hands, man. It'll yeah. be all over.
0: <laughs> that's insane. This is uh,
1: Prana. Yeah, Prana. Gage Green Group... Uh, go check them out. They got Legendary Genetics. They're the ones where, uh, if you guys want to check out the first episode of my podcast, it'll fucking tell you the story of Cookies and, uh, Gage Green and how Cookies is really some fucking dirty snakes.
0: Damn, so, yeah, let's get into your podcast. So, uh, that's the first episode?
1: Yeah, I interviewed, uh, Michael Fang and Jeff Selzer from Gage Green Group, which they've recently split, so it's just, they've got their own thing going on, but, uh, Yeah, in that interview, they really get into, like, their beef, you know. And right now, there's a lot going on. So, I don't want to speak too much of it. Just go check that episode out from what they say. I'm going to get Michael back on the podcast here soon. He's been wanting to get on. I've just been so fucking busy lately. Um, But, yeah, just going back to supporting the right companies. There's a lot of snakes, a lot of snake oil salesmen out there in this industry, a lot of people that don't give a shit about the end consumer. And that's what I I want to make sure everyone knows and knows what they're supporting when they buy from these big companies. If you buy an edible or a vape pen from these big monster companies, you're supporting the fucking the lazy growers that don't care. They're taking powdery mildew weed, pesticide weed, extracting it, concentrating it, making a pen, or an edible. And what you, when you're extracting something, you're concentrating everything on that plant. So if you've got pesticides on it, you're going to concentrate that Put it in that product It's still going to pass testing Because the levels are going to be this low or that low But just to like give everyone An insight like Colorado I believe Used to be 5,000 parts per million Of solvent left in your product That's a lot of solvent left in your hash oils And your pens and your edibles They cut it down to 500 parts per million Of that butane like 3 or 4 years ago But still Like that's that's still a bunch of shit in your product I know it's not a lot but if you're buying rosin you're not getting any of that. If you're supporting Rosin, you're supporting an, an artist, they whip that shit up in small batches and they put a lot of, a lot of work into that technique. You know, they're not just throwing it in a cylinder, hitting the extraction button and fucking pulling wax out of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's what I want to keep supporting. You know, I want to support the small guys the people that people are growing it right, producing it right, that care, the ones that'll listen to the feedback and not just say, well, fuck you. Like, I'm going to talk shit about a brand I carry at my store, but I hope they hear about it, because they really pissed me off recently. Uh, Aeropro. Great, great fucking brand. I love Aeropro. Their, Their batteries, their hardware, everything's great. But they cut out their CBD ratio line because it doesn't sell enough in the market, which I get the decision, but... I have a ton of patience. I say patience because these are people that come in and say they use these ratios for certain things. They figured out work for them, and that's what they need. And Aeropro just cut that line out without really any warning. Didn't give me time to order a bunch of cases of it up so I can have it on back stock. Didn't give me an alternative option. So they built up a customer base for the last couple of years of... uh of uh, people that really like those fucking products and then just turn their back on them. You know, that, that pisses me off. I I have so many people coming in complaining and now I've got to go find a different brand to pull those ratios, but I'm eventually going to give that customer a brand new battery out of my pocket so they can keep continuing it. Cause they already bought an AeroPro battery, but now it's fucking worthless to them. So I don't know. It's just little things like that. They don't care about the end consumer. They just see the dollar signs. They could have, you know not kept all three ratio lines maybe just kept one you know figured out reached out to the dispensaries asked me asked the other dispensary owners and gms what do you need what customers really rely on this
0: yeah that's a good point man um you know at some point in every in every business uh the the customer just turns to dollar signs and yeah you're you're right We're we're at that turning point in marijuana right now and um this is a very enlightening conversation, man. You know, like it makes me realize, and everyone listening, hopefully, realize that where you're getting your weed from, and you know, where where you're putting your money right. in that industry,
1: right? And one thing I want to tell everybody that shops and buys weed at is any dispensary. Be nice if you could ask your black market dealers this too, but I doubt they'll give you a real answer. If you're buying weed, ask the bud tender who grew it, how they grew it, what they sprayed on it. And have them explain that to you. If they can't explain it to you, don't buy it. And if they start throwing out words like Azimax, Azidactrin, Evergreen Crop Protection, Eagle 20, Pyrethians, things like that. My opinion, don't buy it. That means they're a lazy ass grower. Plain and simple. I'm going to piss a lot of growers off because I know a lot of growers, friends of mine that use that shit. But I tell them they're fucking lazy ass growers. You don't need it. You can go into beneficial bugs. You can pick strains that aren't fucking weak. You know, you can do things to ensure you're going to have success without cutting corners. Mm -hmm. Wow. All
0: right. So. All right. So what is some what are some what is some advice that you would give to growers that are coming up and they're trying to grow the best shit right now?
1: Yeah, um, real simple. Be an owner operator. If you're going to get in the industry, don't hire a grower. You better, If you're going to get into growing cannabis, you better be the fucking grower and you better know what you're doing. Um, go with living soil because soil is always going to be kind to you and you're always going to have the best flavor, best profile. and It's a better marketing standpoint because not a lot of people do it. Keep with the no synthetics, no salts, no pesticides. Um, do your research on beneficial bugs. And the big thing is just follow through with the whole process. Don't forget about the curing process. A lot of people set up their grows. Don't set up a cure room, a dry room, a cure room. Set that shit up right. Make sure the cure room's at the right temperature, right humidity. Um, Make sure you're storing your cannabis properly. You're burping it. You're doing all the shit that all these stoners and backyard growers have been doing for years. Just fucking do it right. You have money to put a building together. Don't cheap out on it. That's really what it is. Don't cut corners at any cost of it. And if you're going to do pre-packaging, make sure you seal that shit so it stays fresh. Um, That's really it, man. You got to have the drive, the passion, the discipline, the dedication to do it. If you're just in it for a dollar sign, get the fuck out of the industry. Go find something else. Sell picks picks and shovels. You know what I mean? If you just want to make money in this industry, sell packaging. Sell something like that because that's where you're going to make the real fucking money. And anyone looking to get in the cannabis industry in Colorado, like to open a grow or a MIPS or a dispensary, don't fucking do it. Go somewhere else. This industry is fucking taking a hit right now. Like, sales across the border, like 30 to 40% down at most dispensaries. Grows are fucking selling their weeds 70% lower than what they usually do just to keep the lights on. Last year, over 100 grows went up in this state, and most of them failed miserably, flooded the market with bullshit product, that's gonna wind up in your mom's gummies and your fucking grandma's vape pens. That's bullshit. We need to quit supporting that shit all the way through. I just fucking go off, bro. <laughs> no, I mean,
0: no. I think people need to hear it, man. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uneducated smokers out there that just don't. They'll buy the pretty nugs because it's cheap. You know, they'll buy the cheapest eighth or whatever, and. um yeah people need to hear this shit go off. go out yeah kid. yeah
1: yeah yeah. well just know what you're getting into man support your local people like my store you know we're pueblo proud i work with as many pueblo companies as i can colorado fire farms they're a local pueblo company uh oh, lady really? uh, lady jane uh, they're over there in pueblo west right off industrial then you got lady jane uh they're in, out in the county we mess with them a lot we do mess with pot zero. They're out in gypsum, but uh, if you want to look up a cool ass grow, to like uh, they do tours in October sometimes. They're uh, they're great people, bunch of fish heads. Uh, I fucking love those guys. But they grow uh, no synthetic, no salt, no pesticides. Zero. I think their their pitch is zero carbon footprint, zero chemicals, and zero pesticides. They're uh, real high up in elevation, just clean ass weed. So we carry them because they fit the bill for us. You know, like we just want clean weed.
0: Oh, yeah. What about a company that will name unnamed remain unnamed a clean green certification?
1: Oh, fuck that. That's, that's a bullshit thing you can pay for. You can buy that. And, um, yeah, any, I've never seen anything with that label be clean green. Just saying, I know the brand you're talking about. We're going to not name them. But, yeah, dude, that fucking weed sucks. And everyone I've ever talked to in the industry that's ever been a part of that will tell you the same thing. So, I mean, to each their own, though. You know, they're out there making money. They got a lot of shops, a lot of grows. To each their own. My job is to educate the consumer so they know their choices, you know. And they can make that choice whatever they want. I just want it to be clear, like, what makes the weed I support different versus that big corporate shit. Mm -hmm. You know, like, if you buy something in my store and it fucking doesn't hit right with you, you find something that's not there, which I doubt you ever will, you're going to come to me and I'm going to fix it. I don't have to call anyone in Denver. I don't have to fucking go deal with any of that shit. Like I know the grower, I can take you to the grower and we can figure out what happened. (laughs) You know, like that's what I like. I like those relationships where I know exactly where that money's going. When I buy that pound of weed, you know, local keeping it in town
0: for sure. Yeah. You're sending, you're sending a kid to college with that pound of weed.
1: Fuck. Yeah, we are, man. And that's, um, that's another thing we do at our store, man. We're always doing like food drives, clothing drives, um, like supporting families on Christmas and different things like that. We just want to make sure we're always there. So like my customers know they when they come in, like they can reach out to us. I think I always fucking catch them off guard because they'll be opening up to us and tell some shit. like, Hey, if you really need something, let me know. Like we'll put something together. We'll put a jar out. A fucking team will put some money together. We'll fucking do whatever just to make it work. Cause like, that's our neighbors. That's our people, you know, like, We've built such a loyal customer base up at my dispensary, dude. It fucking almost, almost makes me cry sometimes the shit they say to us. You know, like we're small, but people always say like, "This is the only place I fucking shop. This is the only place I come to because you all take care of us. You listen to us." Like I got a dude that comes in. He's a vet. I fucking love this guy, Matt. I hope you listen to it, dude. He'll come in here and hang out with us for like an hour or two. Just hang out and shoot the shit with us, dude. He's always apologize. Like I'll leave. I'm sorry. I'm like, dude. Another customer comes in. I'm like, you just stand here. I'm gonna go help him out then we can go back to shooting the shit. You know what I mean? Because he needs that shit. He, you know, he's fucking, everybody needs a little, someone to talk to. Oh, yeah. We're the modern day fucking bartenders right now, man. Like, in my store, especially, man, I know everyone's been in a dispensary where they just, you walk in, they're like snapping their fingers. What do you want? Let's go. Like, they don't have a fucking time in the world for you. That was my first experience. I had a dispensary in Denver, 2013. I think, I don't want to name them. They were cool, but like, I felt like I was rushed. I didn't get to look. I didn't get to educate myself or learn anything. So we don't fucking do that. If you walk in my store and you want to hang out for two hours, smell every jar, fucking look at every gram of concentrate, talk about every individual chocolate bar, we'll fucking do that. I don't care. Like, we'll make it work. I want everyone to feel comfortable when they walk in my store and know that they're part of a family and not just a number. Like, we know everyone by name when they walk in that store. Do you want this?
0: Yeah.
1: Here, hit this thing. It's still rolling. What's oh, that, like an hour now?
0: Hell yeah. Yeah, about 45. Nice. Hell yeah. Yeah, man, you know, I think that's um, anyone that's been to a dispensary can appreciate that kind of mindset because everyone that has been to a dispensary has experienced, like, yo, what do you want? Uh, and then, like, you tip them, like, a dollar or two, they're like, they just give you that look. They're like, it's like, bro, like, that's all I got.
1: <laughs> right? No, fuck, I always tell anyone they try to throw a tip in a jar because, I mean, I normally don't keep one out too much because uh, you know, I'm running the store. I usually just pop in off the shelf, off the off the uh, the back office. But I'll tell them, like, dude, just come back in and see us. Fuck, man, just come back. You ain't got to tip us. Like, that's cool. My bud tenders appreciate it, but really just want you to come back. I know a lot of these people, I can see it where they're struggling. They don't want to leave a tip. Like, a lot of people, it's, times are fucking hard right now. Like, I pay my employees well. Like, those tips are great for them. They're probably pissed I'm saying it, but they don't fucking need it. You know, like, if I know a customer's coming in, they got 20 bucks and that's all they got, dude, I'm going to fucking give them the best deal at 20 bucks out the door so they're spending their money on something they need. You know, I'm not trying to beg for their fucking tip money.
0: For sure, for sure. Yeah, man. Um. So. Other than your customer service and your flower, um, choice and like your exclusivity, what differentiates you from every other dispensary in Pueblo?
1: I mean, my team, like I got the best fucking team in the industry, man, hands down. And I guess it goes back with my customer service. But right now I got a, I got a team that are fucking there for the company. You know what I mean? They, uh. It's a family. So, I mean, that's what I feel. I know everyone's got that. Everyone's got a family at their dispensary, but I don't know, man. I got something special right now. Like, I got people that I know I can count on. I mean, they're covering for me right now so I can be here. Um, Hey. Hey, they're good people, man. Shout out to Josh, Seth, and Ryan. Those dudes are fucking legit, man. Ryan's got the best one-liners in the state. Motherfucker can come up with a joke like that all the time, dude. I tell him he's my favorite because of that. You know, they're all my favorites, but that dude's the funniest fucker there, dude. (laughs)
0: Hell I yeah. Love that guy. Is he a, is he a working comedian? Is he working on a stand up special or what? No,
1: no. I'm trying to like uh, encourage him to do it. Hell but yeah. uh, no, he's a good kid, man. Right now, he's uh, focused on learning everything. You know, I'm trying to right out the store. I'm trying to make sure everybody can do everything. Nobody's above anybody at my store. Anyone can open. Anyone can close. Anyone can fucking accept orders or do whatever. You know, we're all on the same playing field. So I think that's what makes us special, too. You know, there's no egos. Like, we're all there together as a team. Um, My boy Seth, if you guys ever see him at the store, he'll talk to you for a fucking hour and a half. He'll make you feel like family. You know what I mean? I had a person write, this is so fucked up. I love it, right? Uh, Well, it's not really fucked up. It's just you don't hear this shit much. You know what I mean? Like, tell me any other dispensary has had this, and uh, maybe I'll shut up. But I actually had a customer write me a card Two cards, one to Seth and one to me, telling me how great of a bud tender he was and how special he made them feel and how he helped them find the best product that, like, changed their life. Like, I mean, this in-depth, fucking full-paragraph card about how special the encounter was at our dispensary. Like, how I've never had that shit, you know? Like, it just meant so much that this person went home, their experience was so great, they had to fucking write us a card. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know too many businesses, dispensaries that get that type of love. There might be. You know, I got fucking customers. or My customers spoil me, man. Like, this one, I love her so much. I won't say her name, but she brings this thing, like, homemade cookies all the time, dude. Like, I literally have probably gotten, like, seven, eight dozen cookies. Like, these fucking fat-ass, homemade, thick boy cookies. I mean, goddamn good. (sighs) Fucking spoiled, man. Like, I love that part of the industry. Like, the family part of it, but... Watching how it's evolving right now does scare the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. You know, because the big boys are coming in. They're going to fucking start squashing us. We can't compete with prices. And that's why our niche has always been the same as quality. I think it's only going to keep me alive when I'm surrounded by big corporations that can do half the price. You know, they're going to cut my prices, their prices in half. Mm -hmm. We're only going to keep afloat because of the loyalty. Like, I do have customers that say they won't go anywhere else. Because of us, like we go get cheaper weed down the road, but we come here. They want to support us because they know we support them. Like, and that's true. That's always been true for us.
0: Wow, man, that's powerful. Um, all right. So, is there any other? Is there any future plans that people can look forward to? You know, from your store or you, anything you want to shout out?
1: Yeah, um, I can't really give out all the details, but this next year at Nature's Gift Shop is going to be a big year. It's gonna be a big year for us. We're gonna be put on the map. I feel like larger than we ever have been. People are gonna know our name outside of Pueblo and Pueblo West, and all the work my employees and my team has done is just gonna speak volumes this year. I'm real excited for the, this coming up, and um, pay attention on the East Coast. I got a few things going on out there, so I'll definitely be dropping those out on the Instagram, letting people know about them as they come on. But around march or april i'll be letting some news go about that so just trying to diversify and get things going you know i want to make sure my goal is to leave a good imprint in this industry and show what quality and um just being honest is you know like like we said early every industry gets a little shady and every industry cuts corners i want my name to represent never cutting a corner never uh sacrificing for quality and always supporting the small guys. Like that's what I'm going to do. I always want to make sure my neighbors win. I want to make sure that my local community is the ones, you know, gaining from this. You know, we don't want to fucking support the cure leaves and the, the, the monsters. We want to support the little guys, man. I want to see my neighbors eat. So that's pretty much it. Uh, just really a lot of things going on. I can't disclose, but it'll be fun. It'll be a fun year.
0: Hell yeah, man. We'll have to have you back, you know, when, yeah, when all that stuff happens. Hell sure. yeah. Um, and your podcast, you know, fucking, that's definitely coming out more. Check out the new logo coming soon, hopefully. Hell yeah. Hey. Excited <laughs> for that, man. Thank you a lot. For sure. Um, you know, any last words that you definitely just need to get off your chest?
1: Um, One of it is about the industry, again, is we got to quit taxing the industry to death. We got to get, with our lawmakers, we got to get things changed, because right now, the industry is set up to tax the little guys out of business and make it where we can't survive. 280E tax law, I'll look it up. It fucks every cannabis business in the country. It is an unfair tax law that fucks everybody. Then the excise taxes on cannabis here in Pueblo County, Colorado, fuck everybody. Um, at the end of the day, your dispensaries and growers are paying an r- absurd amount of taxes and their bottom line is getting fucked. You know, like, Everyone thinks a dispensary and a grow is a uh, ticket to print money. It's fucking not. You can always pick whoever. If you go to a grow or dispensary, you can usually tell who the owner is because of the most stressed out fucking person in the room. Because <laughs> everyone thinks they're balling out and making all this money. They're not. It's a fucking hard industry right now. And like, we gotta stand up, support those small businesses, and get these tax laws changed. And get these uh, regulations fucking changing the state. They're regulating us to death. The fucking fines are absurd. If you fuck up on one thing, it's... They're not making it fair. Treat us like a liquor store and watch us thrive. Right now, they're not. They're treating us like fucking criminals. And it doesn't make sense. We legalized it. Let us operate legally. Let us operate fairly. Don't fuck us out of business. We stayed open during the whole pandemic, which we were blessed to have our jobs during the pandemic. But you're still going to fuck us on taxes all the time? Like, give us a break. You know, like, that's what I'm saying to the lawmakers. Give us a fucking break. If you want this industry to thrive and survive and support the local economy, get off our backs with the taxes. Tax us normally. Tax us like a real fucking business. It's already hard enough to run a small business without added taxes and fees on it every year. Then they want to add more testing, more this, more that. Um, Yeah, that's it that's really all i gotta end with is let us operate like a like a regular fucking business and watch us thrive because right now you got people throwing away their life savings thinking they can jump into this industry realize a year or two or three into it they can't and then they're fucked mm-hmm. so yeah that's it man <laughs>
0: <laughs> well wow, man you know that's that's a powerful point that joint's still going i <laughs> love it's it still going man <laughs> it's still going all right, do you want to shout out your social media to the camera? Um,
1: yeah, um, Elijah's Cannabis Corner on Instagram. That's really the only one I got going right now. Definitely check out Infinite Melts, Infinite Gummies, uh, Chef Sean Wilder, mm. Trichome Sauce. Um, yeah, those are... Oh, Colorado Fire Farms. If you want to see the best fucking weed in Colorado, Colorado Fire Farms. Come to my store. going to pop some of that myself. Yeah, come into the store at Nature's Gift Shop. We'll hook it up. Strawberry float, cookies and cream, watermelon soda. I mean, he's got funky-ass strains coming down all the time. That's what you want. We'll hook it up.
0: Fuck yeah. Hell yeah, man. Thanks so much for coming, dude, bro. Dude,
1: thank you so much for having me on, man. I really fucking appreciate it.
0: Hell yeah, and you'll be back.
1: Oh yeah, I'll be back, dude. And I'll get you... Once I get my podcast going again, I'll bring you on. Like I said, it's not as uh, sophisticated as yours, but... Can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait, bro. It'll be dope, We'll man. be in your car
0: smoking a fucking yeah, we'll big-ass lug. Hell yeah, that's the way we do it, man. <laughs> Hell Yeah All right, guys, this has been Street Champs. Uh, Like, comment, subscribe. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now Google Podcasts. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. Peace.